everyone. This is Yvette Hampton. Welcome back to the Schoolhouse Rock podcast. I am so excited that you are with me this week. As you see, I'm here with Avanella, and it's been a little while since Abby has helped co-host with another guest, but we have such a special guest on with us this week. It's Hillary Morgan Ferrer, who you guys are, I, I would say probably most of you are familiar <laughs> with her. She is the Mama Bear apologetic lady. That is, that is who she is. So if you've heard of Mama Bear Apologetics, you've heard of Hillary, and you are going to be so blessed and encouraged by our conversation this week. But before we get into it, I want to tell you about our sponsor, BJU Press Homeschool. If you're looking for a really good, solid Bible curriculum for your kids, for whatever age, whatever grade, whatever subject you're looking for, BJU Press Homeschool has something for you. Check them out at BJUPressHomeschool.com and see what they have. And if you have questions about it, you can always call and talk to one of their consultants and they will help walk you through whatever it is that you're looking for, bjupresshomeschool.com. Also, if this podcast is a blessing to you and your family, would you consider supporting the Schoolhouse Rock Ministry? And you can do that in a few ways. If you're watching this, can you just hit the thumbs up button and make sure that you're following the Schoolhouse Rock podcast? Um, if you're listening to it through a podcast app, uh, if you would subscribe to it, that would be great and leave a review. You guys, those are so important for our listeners and for those who are looking for podcasts on homeschooling and family discipleship. It really does help to kind of bump it up into the queue. So if you would leave a review, that would be amazing. Also, we are so grateful for your financial support. If you would like to give to the Schoolhouse Rocked ministry, you can do so by going to schoolhouserocked.com, click that donate button. And, um, and just share this episode with your friends. We are so grateful for those of you who do that. Well, um, Abby, welcome back, of course, hey. to the podcast. I always love having you Thanks. with me, and I'm excited that you're here uh, with I me. I would have missed this one. I know, I know. We were talking before we hit the record button that Hillary has been on your bucket list for a long time. And because she was on your bucket list, <laughs> she was on my bucket list. And it was really cool because as we were talking about having her on, we got a message from her publisher and said, hey, Hillary has a new book coming out. Would you like to have her on your podcast? And I was like, well, that was interesting timing. So here's, here's what the deal is. Hillary has a new book out and it is Mama Bear Apologetics Guide to Sexuality. But guess what? We're not talking about that this week. We <laughs> are saving that one. We're going to talk about that probably in May because we want to kind of set... Um, set ourselves up for being able to discuss Pride Month and all of those things that go on in the month of June. So we're going to hold off on this book. But I said, I really want to have her come on and talk about Mama Bear apologetics. And so her publisher said, yes, I'll reach out. And Hillary said, yes, I'd love to come on. And so here she is. For those of you, Hillary, who are not familiar with you, would you please introduce yourself to our audience? Uh, yes, my name's Hillary Ferrer, and um, so I've been into apologetics since I was about 12. Uh, my pastor went through a series from the pulpit that uh, really sparked my interest. I was a youth group kid and an Alana kid, and um, but when I heard those apologetics arguments, all of a sudden it was like, whoa, this is something I can talk about with non-Christians. Like, no, people don't have to just trust what someone says. This is something I can actually discuss with somebody. Uh, and so that to me was just this moment in my faith where I, kind of, I think I have in one of the books, I said, it's not just like, you, you're not just saying it's true. It's like for real, it's true. Yeah. And so that really just uh, sparked a lifelong love for apologetics. And I, I noticed that uh, as I had friends that were falling away from the faith at different times through either difficult circumstances or just whatever, they just got, you know, out of the habit or whatever. I found that my knowledge of 
No, I, I really think this is true. Like I felt like I'd have to check my brain at the door to walk away from Christianity. And so, like I say, you know, faith in Jesus Christ saved my life, but apologetics saved my faith. Wow. And so I would love to have as many kids as possible have that same testimony. I thought my testimony was boring for most of my life until I realized it's actually a fairly uncommon testimony of just, you know, being raised to love the Lord and continuing to love the Lord and being in ministry as you grow older that the, um, I, and maybe it was just like the places that I was lived that that just wasn't as common. So I eventually said, yeah, I'm going to be proud of that testimony. And so uh, fast forward several years, I was involved with a ministry called Women in Apologetics. And I had this kind of pivotal moment where uh, one of the girls that had started it said, you know, there's this large demographic of women out there who won't read something unless it's by women for women. Because I had asked her, I was like, why do we need women's apologetics? Why can't we all just do (laughs) apologetics? Good enough for me. It was good enough for my father, you know, Um, kind of thing. And yeah, she answered, there's a large demographic who won't read something unless it's by women for women. And my first thought was, okay, that's why we're reaching the women. But my bigger thing is who's reaching the moms. Yeah. And all of a sudden, it's like there was just this thing that went off in me that the Lord just made me obsessed with reaching moms and the irony with that is because I basically had this whole idea for the ministry. Um, and so I asked the Lord, who am I supposed to commission for this? Because my husband and I don't have kids. And just for health reasons, we knew we probably wouldn't, um, probably couldn't adopt either. And, uh, and the Lord surprisingly let me know this ministry was for me. And so I thought, no one's going to listen to what I say. And uh, I felt like the Lord told me that I had something that a lot of moms mm-hmm. don't have, which is time to research. And so that is what I really spend my time doing is researching what's going on in culture. What are the ideologies that are pushing kids away? And so like this first book here, even though there was, you know, there's lots of really good apologetics books out there for kids. I I wanted to look and see what wasn't there. And the thing that wasn't there was going through, it's like a lot of them had like specific questions and answers, which I think we absolutely need. Um, I put it on this big board and uh, all the questions that I could find that were answered in different books. And I thought, what philosophical underpinning is causing these questions? And then divided that out kind of into the chapters that you see in Mama Bear, plus an extra one. After we started started studying feminism, I realized like, oh my gosh, we got to do Marxism. Like (laughs) never been on my radar before, wasn't even in the original book pitch, but um it's proven extremely important for parents to understand. Um, So that's kind of me. That's how the ministry came to be and how the book came to be. And um, yeah, so I've been married to my husband, John, since 2007. And he's also in apologetics ministry. We kind of bonded over a shared love of apologetics. So um, yeah, that's me. I love that. I love that so much. I think it's so interesting because that the Lord is using you in the way that he is. And you look at the apostle Paul and he talks about marriage. He talks yeah. about, you know, family and and all those things. But he, I mean, I guess we don't know whether or not he was really married, um, but likely he wasn't married. And so it's just interesting that the Lord uses people and, and, and just your perspective of God has given you not just the time, Hillary, but he has given you the desire. He's given you the brain to be able to process all of this stuff and to be able to then regurgitate it out to all of us mamas who really don't. As a matter of fact, just before you came on, Abby and I were talking about reading and how we have these stacks of books (laughs) that we want to read and there's just not enough time Mm -hmm. because we're busy. We're homeschooling our kids. We're doing the whole family thing. And 
And it takes a lot of time. Homeschooling takes a lot of time, a lot of intention and parenting takes a lot of time and intention. And so while children are certainly a blessing, I so appreciate that the Lord is using you to be able to minister to us mamas and what an incredible joy that is. I'm sure for you, but for us as well on the other side of it. So so we're honor. so grateful. I love that. I, in college, um, no, actually, sorry, like about five years into my marriage, one of my dearest college friends who had never been married was giving us marriage counseling. And someone was like, what does she know? She hasn't been married. And I thought, you know what she knows? She knows God's word and she knows truth. And right now I don't need somebody to come along and and have experiences she can share with me because that can lead to dangerous places. I need someone who's going to go back to the word of God. And I think you don't have to have kids to know what God's word says about Mm -hmm. raising kids. And that's what's so awesome. And I also love how God put moms on your heart because mom, if when you reach moms, you you reach an entire generation of kids. And so what an incredibly huge and important ministry. So good. So good. We're going to take a break, but when we come back, I want to talk kind of through what Mama Bear Apologetics is. And um, I've been reading through a lot of your stuff. I've been reading through your book and there's there's so much information there that I'm like, I don't know if we can get it all in <laughs> yeah. within these three episodes, but we're going to get as much in as we can. So we'll be right back. Have you tried CTC math yet with your child? Here's a testimonial from another happy homeschool mom. Amber said, I'm absolutely thrilled with CTC math. It's a rare find that I've used with my children for more than five years now. I have six children using CTC math and each child has found it easy to navigate and very applicable. Thank you so much for all that you are doing in providing quality math lessons for my children. If you're looking for a great online math program, visit ctcmath.com. That's ctcmath.com. Apologia supports homeschool families with Christ-centered K-12 homeschool curriculum designed to engage your student as they experience the awe and wonder of creation and their creator. Designed by leading scholars with a biblical worldview, Apologia's award-winning curriculum is written in a conversational tone directly to the student to encourage independence. Hands-on activities and experiments help students solidify the concepts they're exploring and build a lifelong love of learning. Visit us at Apologia.com. We are back with Hillary. And as I was looking through your website, Hillary, one of the things that really stood out to me was that it says, train yourself, equip your kids. Learn how to raise kids who think critically, love biblically, and stand firm against the cultural tide. And we have been talking, for those who've listened to the podcast for any length of time, we have been talking a lot about biblical worldview and about the importance of worldview and how everybody has a worldview and we all get it from different places. We had Dr. George Barna on back in, I think it was November, um, and man, it, we'll put a link to that one because if you have not listened to that episode, it's so good. And he he gave some really specific steps to how to help our kids grow up with a biblical worldview. But I want to kind of walk through each of these things because teaching our kids to think critically is absolutely so important to love biblically and mm-hmm. then to stand, stand against the cultural tide. So can we kind of park for a minute on thinking critically and what what does that look like? How do we teach our kids to think critically? Yeah. So one of the things that I like doing with um, with kids, and I would do this back when I was a teacher, is they would make a comment. And I'm like, hmm, that sounds interesting. And then you take them on what is called the to the furthest logical conclusion of that. So like some of the chapters in our book, you know, oh, follow your heart. It's like, you'll hear that <laughs> everywhere. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, is that the 
best idea. And then you're like, well, what if my heart's telling me to do this or this or this? And kind of come up with uh, sometimes humorous examples of things that your heart might tell you to do that maybe aren't the best idea. I like using the example of the guy that I worked with several years back that was in his 40s and had a Tasmanian devil tattoo on the back of his calf <laughs> that uh, he followed his heart. And, you know, <laughs> and there <laughs> it was that's the best idea. Um, so actually, we have T-shirts that I just made. I, I was feeling kind of sassy one day on the Mama Bear page that has kind of a picture of a heart and it says, don't follow your heart. It says stupid things. And it has that <laughs> verse next to it that's like, for out of the heart comes sexual immorality yeah. and greed and idolatry and blah, 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 blah. So it's taking things to its furthest logical conclusion or just asking, is this true? Mm-hmm. Is that true what they've just said? Or how did they come to that conclusion? I would say, especially um, just when you hear kind of in some of the political stuff, people are assuming definitions to things. And uh, there's one thing that I learned from being married is that sometimes John's and my biggest fights were because we were defining something differently. Mm. And so we would like debate, 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 debate until we finally discovered, oh, we're saying the same thing and we actually agree the same thing. So we could have wait, we could have like saved those two hours if we defined our words at the beginning. Um, So I think that's probably one of the number one things that we need to have kids do is to, if someone says something that feels a little off, ask them to define, what do you mean by that? Mm -hmm. How did you come to that conclusion? There there was a book that I read called, um, oh golly, it's going to, David Kahneman, Thinking Fast and Slow. And he has a statement in the book that says that the brain has a hard time differentiating between that which is familiar and that which is true. Mm. And this is widely studied, that the more someone hears something, the truer it starts to sound to the point Mm. of where it's like, well, of course, everybody knows that. You know, I don't know how many of y'all were the whole, uh, you know, don't go in swimming for an hour, you're going to drown. I never knew anyone (laughs) who drowned. But I mean, that would be like more like an old wives tale. But there was enough people that repeated it that people thought it was true. And so I think right now we're getting stuff like that. The idea that, you know, gender identity and and biological sex are different. That's Mm -hmm. that hasn't been studied. No one's like come up with some scientific study or put something in a test tube that proved, oh, yeah, you're right. These two things are different. Um, but yet, if you look in the scientific literature, it's never cited. Right. It's always stated, but it's never cited like, oh, this is the study that we got this information from. They have just yeah. accepted it carte blanche. Like, yep, this is true. So I think thinking critically is kind of asking where did the statement come from? Is this statement even true? Is there evidence that supports this statement? Do they mean what it sounds like they mean? And what would happen if everybody put this statement into um, into action. Like that would be the furthest logical conclusion. Would that be a good society or a bad society mm. if everybody did this? So those are some of the principles that, um, kind of helping your kid think through when they see, when they see, see and hear stuff like that. Right. And I, I love that because, and, and actually all of your book as a whole, that is applicable to, I mean, things are coming fast, like things that we're having to address with our kids that I never thought we'd have to address with our kids. And all that principle and all these principles apply no matter what comes. Like you recently mm-hmm. did, there was an article on AI. Well, who would have thought, you know, five years ago, but we can use these same principles across the board at whatever whatever comes at us. And that's, yeah. that's what I appreciate about it is just teaching our kids to critically think whatever comes their way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And what I also love is that when we start asking those questions about God's word, it will always point us back to the truth. Like yes. our kids don't have to be afraid to ask those same questions yes. about the Bible because it will always point them back to truth. 
Absolutely. Yeah. The people that are like afraid of questions, I'm like, do you actually think the Bible's true? Because you seem to think that something's going to like right. discover <laughs> that it's not true. <laughs> uh, right. It's okay to ask these questions. Yeah. Because truth is truth. Mm-hmm. I love yeah. it. I was going to say asking questions. I feel like for myself as a parent, this is something that I didn't quite understand early in my parenting is the importance of asking heart probing questions, as mm-hmm. Ginger Hubbard puts it, you know, ask mm-hmm. questions all the time, even to little itty bitty kids like, okay, right. is what you're doing right? Or is it wrong? Is it sinful or is it obedient? And getting them to ask those questions themselves. But as parents, I even still find for myself, it seems so natural to just tell them things, to just speak mm. to them and at them instead yes. of asking them questions and making them have to think through yeah, what right. it is that they're doing, why they've made the decisions that they've made why they are thinking the things that they're thinking. And those heart probing questions are so important. And I have to be so intentional. That does not come naturally to me because I just want to tell my girls, like, Mm -hmm. this is what you should do. And this is what you should think. And I'm thinking the right thing. And I know the right thing and you don't. Therefore, you should just listen to me and do what I say. Receive my wisdom, child. (laughs) I feel like it's just cut to the chase. Like, I'm just going to tell you the end game, right? I already know where this is going. So let me just tell you. But it doesn't ingrain it in them. No. So what, what Hillary, like help us that struggle with that to come up, where do we get these good questions? Like I just draw a blank. I'm like, I should ask a really good question right now, but I'm just not <laughs> yeah. sure which one. <laughs> um, I think it's just, it's one of those things where the, the beautiful part, I think about the first book, the mama bear apologetics is that people think of apologetics and it, they think it's an information dump, but the first book at least wasn't an information dump. It's more like you've got all this stuff that's around you. How do we sort through it? And so, I mean, if we want to narrow it down to like, what questions should we be asking them? um, I would just say when you, again, when you hear something that seems a little off, what do you think they mean by that? Um, Do you think that is true? What makes that true? What not true? One of the things that I think happens a lot is people are starting to use, and we go into this in the second book, actually, um, kind of these, these words that package a lot into them, like assault has happened and bullying has happened. Mm -hmm. It's basically these words that are interpreting a situation for us. And so not only do you ask, uh, what, what do you mean by that word? How did you come to that conclusion? But what actually happened? So whenever they're being told that something happened, saying what actually happened and the way you can know if you know, or if the child can explain what actually happened, you say, okay, if you were a director and you were basically trying to instruct actors to act out the exact situation, would you be able to do it? What would you ask those actors to do? What would you mm. ask those actors to say if they're still like, uh, uh, you know, not quite sure, or they say something like, ah, you're just so stupid. Be like, oh, did they actually say that? No, well, that's basically what they said. Well, no, that's not what they actually said. So let's see, did we, is, is are you interpreting this correctly? Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. I just find the world, especially the world in we're in right now, is just this rich playground of things that can be analyzed, even down to if you see some of the um, advertisers. Mm-hmm. I, I remember John and I walking along at the state fair and it said something like, you deserve a new bathroom. And John and I, <laughs> we just make these snarky comments mostly to ourselves like, how do they know I need a, I deserve a new bathroom? He's like, how do they know I don't beat you at home? I was like, how do they know I haven't killed somebody? You know, do I still deserve a new bathroom? Um, and so it, a lot of times I think kind of bringing humor into it mm-hmm. kind of helps the kids. It makes it kind of a fun game where when you see yeah. these statements, you can kind of make fun of them because you're like, no, not everybody deserves a new bathroom. Right. Sure. Um, 
And yeah, so just it's kind of keeping your eyes peeled for the situation. And once you start noticing it, then you're going to be like, oh, man, that's everywhere. It's everywhere. Yeah. 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 And also determining motive. Like, why are they telling me I need a new bathroom? Because if we can see where someone's coming from when they give us information, yeah, it helps. It helps us understand. Yeah. And that's actually a good point for even when you're not trying to make something super, um, but not trying to turn it into a situ, uh, into a humorous situation where you're just kind of looking at the motivations on right. stuff like, yeah. um, teaching kids to kind of use their sanctified imagination for things like, we'll say, um, we have, I have something that's in the discipleship workbook for the study, uh, for the guide to sexuality. And it's called the, it's talking about the image of God game where we're training the kids to recognize who is made in the image of God and how do you treat people who are made in the image of God. And so you start out with just, you know, assessing, yes, anyone who's human, it doesn't matter if they're dressed like a clown, they're a pregnant woman, the baby in the womb, a paraplegic, a homeless man on the street, doesn't matter. Um, they're all made in the image of God. Puppies, kittens, beautiful flowers, delightful as they may be, not made in the image of a God. Um, and then you say, what um, actions reflect the image of God versus what actions don't reflect the image of God. So that person who was in the checkout line that basically just cussed us out, were they reflecting the image of God? You ask later in the car. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, or, you know, just different things that are, are or are not reflecting the image of God. Um, and sometimes you can even say, what do you think might have happened to that person today? What's mm -hmm. something that you can picture and, and like I'll, I'll always remember um after my sister had passed i had to go to the grocery store i was staying at uh, their house um and i was kind of receiving all the food i was doing i was just doing a lot of the taking care of stuff and i had to go to the grocery store and i remember walking around just in this um phase fuzz Pong. haze sorry <laughs> i was getting like phase yeah <laughs> in this haze and i thought you know I, i'm sure i could like flip out on someone if something happened here and I would have no idea. And it just, it, I don't, I, you know, they would have no idea what was going on. It made me think anytime I see someone walking around the grocery store, I don't know their story and I yeah. don't know what they're going through right now. So asking, why do you think they did that? What mm. might cause someone to yeah. behave like that way kind of can help build that empathy beyond yeah. just any yeah. kind of intellectual prowess. So I like the way you said that, Abby. Yeah. Good stuff. Well, we are out of time. We're going to come back on Wednesday. Keep talking about this. Uh, make sure you stay tuned to the very end here, a clip of what is coming up next on the podcast. Hillary, where can people find out more about you and Mama Bear Apologetics? Yes. So mamabearapologetics.com and that's spelled M-A-M-A. -M -A. Don't give me any funky kind of spellings of that. M-O-M-M-A. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I've gotten some weird ones. Where, uh, yeah. Anyway, so M-A-M-A, bearapologetics.com. And you can also find us on I don't really interact much on Twitter. We can do stuff because the website has these easy click to tweet buttons. But um, I, I do a lot of stuff on Instagram. If you ask me a question there, I, I try to respond. Uh, Facebook, we have some other girls in the ministry that try to respond on there too. And sometimes we get really great conversations and just interactions between people. Yeah. Um, I would say especially on Instagram and Facebook. So if you just kind of want to come in for a good conversation and ask people questions and, you know, see what your other fellow mama bears are saying. Yeah. Come find us and, and uh, join in the conversation. Yeah. Sounds great. We will put all those links in the show notes to make it easy for you guys. And remember, you can find all things Schoolhouse Rocked at our website, schoolhouserocked.com. You can stream the movie Schoolhouse Rocked for free. You can download our homeschool survival kit. You can make a donation to support the ministry. You can do all kinds of fun stuff. Just go on there and have fun. 
Um, and also go on the Mama Bear Apologetics website, M-A-M-A, not M-O-M-M-A or some other weird spelling, <laughs> but check them out as well. Have a great rest of your day and we will see you back here on Wednesday. Bye. Now you need a plan, but can't ever seem to make one work. Do homeschool planners totally overwhelm you? Do you feel like you have to fill every box, complete every checklist and achieve every single goal? I'm Danielle Papa Giorgio, a homeschool mom like you, who's already successfully raised two kids to adulthood. I created the Life Schooling Vision Planner because I wanted a planner that would work with my relaxed style of homeschooling, a style I like to call life schooling. Find out all the details at lifeschoolingvisionplanner.com right now during our special relaunch and come life school with me. They're taking these definitions and even reinterpreting the Bible. So our kids need to know that this change has taken place in the first place. And so I always recommend to have something called a buzzwords board in your house somewhere, preferably next to the TV or wherever people have things of words that we're seeing. I don't think, you know, what was it? The um, Yeah, I don't think uh, you know, that word means what you think that word exactly. means. Yeah. <laughs> I do not think that word means what you think that means. That is the Princess Bride. <laughs> yes, yes. yes. Uh, um, so it's like every time you find a new word for your buzzwords borders, someone's like, oh, that's not the way that word's defined. Yeah, well, right. let's go add it to the buzzwords board.